Good evening, good evening, and welcome to another episode of Words to the Wise, Mind Elevation with BJ. I am the one, the only BJ Armstead. Now, of course, we know yesterday was Juneteenth, right? June 19th. And um, Juneteenth is a very special day for people of color in the United States of America. Um... Of course, we understand the history behind it being that uh, we finally, well, everyone finally got word that we are now free and, um, you know, we're no longer in bondage, no longer a slavery. Um, and people of, of, of Texas really got the, got the memo then that we are now free. And so we had the opportunity to do as we will, um, you know, so to say. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just such pride that we take and and such a joy to see people of color maneuvering and matriculating throughout that day with such joy Uh, on June 19th. I told my mother yesterday, I really feel like June 19th should be a a holiday nationally and be as publicized and, and, and magnified and amplified as much as we do those things for Christmas and Thanksgiving and, 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 um, you know, a lot of the other holidays that we have, Halloween and stuff like that. I didn't understand when I was younger and I don't understand now why Halloween is so publicized when that's a fake holiday, number one. And then you have holidays such as Thanksgiving that we tend to celebrate in America. Um, and we and we say that we are basically mocking what pilgrims had the dinner that they had with the Native Americans when they broke bread with each other when they first got over here, which I believe is thoroughly false. Uh, when you think about the history of Native Americans and how they were treated back in the days when dumbass Columbus got over here, um, you know, so that's interesting just to see the flow of America and how America really moves in terms of celebrating certain days. Um, it's just interesting. So tomorrow, of course, we all know that it's, uh, it's Father's Day. And Father Day, Father's Day is big for me. You know, it's big for me because my number one hero, the person that I've always looked up to in my life, is my father. Um, and I, I would be nowhere at all if it wasn't for my father. You know, coming up, seeing my dad make so many sacrifices for my family. Um, I mean, I could write a book that would take you 20 years to read. (laughs) If I could sit here and talk about the sacrifices that my father made on behalf of myself and my mother. Um, And the beautiful thing is that, you know, sometimes when you're a kid, you don't really pay attention to the sacrifices that either one of your parents make for you because you're consistently growing up and you're being a kid and you're playing with toys and you're playing video games and playing with your friends in the streets and all of that. But I had the opportunity to really sit down and watch my father make sacrifices firsthand. He took me with him wherever he went, um, if he could. But I think it started back, for those who who, who don't know, uh, and I've talked about this in previous episodes, but my father's been in law enforcement since 1988. So that's about 32 years now um, that he's been in law enforcement, you know, being a police officer. 
And 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 um, when I was younger, and I was born in '95, so the later part of the '90s and the early 2000s, I would see my father leave with his bulletproof vest on, with his uh, aspartame, with his uh, his pepper spray, his gun on his hip, his badge, his walkie-talkie, his you know his nights, all of that stuff. I would see him leave the house, and I didn't put it together when I was younger. But as I t- as I grew up. It hit me that man, like this could be the the last time that I see my dad walking out this house. But it took me to get older and become a teenager and become more mature to understand that kids cost money. <laughs> kids cost a lot of money, whether it's daycare, whether it's Pampers, whether it's fo- snacks. You know, kids eat snacks like there's no tomorrow. Um, but there's a lot that was required you know, of me or, or of my parents when I was a kid. Um, my mother was trying to find out how to, how to, how to start her own business. Um, she had been working for defects, working for, my mother's in social work, counseling, mental health. She'd been working with defects, working at other mental health uh, organizations and, um, bouncing around, if you will, and trying to find her calling, what the Lord put her on earth to do. She later found that out in 2005, but by that time, I had been 10 years old. As I was a child and my mother kept bouncing around and trying to find what she wanted to do, my dad was the one that worked countless hours and and worked a full-time job with the city of Avondale Police Department and then had to go out and be security guards at South DeKalb County high schools and high schools in the east side of Atlanta and, you know, all of these things. And uh, he had about three or four part-time jobs in addition to his full-time job. And then raised me as a young black man coming up, you know, as a child, teaching me how to be a black man, raise a family, take care of the household, treat women, provide, protect, and then coach me in baseball. <laughs> so it's a lot of hats that my father was wearing. And, you know, it's the, it's these sorts of things that I take such pride in, in, in observing and such joy in knowing that I had a father who sacrificed so much for me as a child. And then you get a little older, you know, your preteen, my preteen years and my teenage years from 12 on to, well, I say between 10, 11 on up to the time I was about 16-ish, right? Those times were full of of of, of um, a bit of uncertainty. And I say that because my dad was trying to learn how to lay off of me when it came to the sport of baseball, which is what I did 24-7. Um, but still figure out ways to coach me through my teenage years. Um, you know, for those who know my story, I came from South DeKalb County and went to another county in Gwinnett County, right? So I went to high school in Gwinnett County while still living in the south part of DeKalb County. Um, so it's a lot of transitioning going on. It's a lot of confusion going on with life and literally geographically with us moving to Gwinnett County physically. Um... But he stayed down, you know, and that taught me valuable lessons. It taught me that, you know, when you when when life throws you curveballs and you can swing early and miss them and strike out or you can let them get deep, hit the ball off the back foot and hit a bomb over the right field fence, which is what my father essentially did for us, my mother and myself. Um, 
But you know, those are those are times from 10 to 16 where it's like I'm still observing. You know, you kind of start smelling yourself a little bit and hitting puberty around that time. You know, middle school, high school, and uh, I'm starting to think. You know, I know me. I I, I know more than than, than than the average. You know what I'm saying? Kind of getting a little cocky a little bit, but it was my father that kind of backed off a little bit, but still, but still, basically allowed me free will, but still allowed me to grow. You know, still was there to keep his keep his foot on my neck if I did something terrible. Um, sort of like the Lord treats us. We got free will, but God is still looking over us no matter what happens, no matter where we are, what we're doing. God's still there to straighten us out and talk to us in our ear 24-7. That's what my father did for me. Um, so that was 10 to 16, man. Exciting times. And then I turned 16 and... That's when that's when life changed. That's when I I started actually really studying the Word of God, um, reading more literature, wanting to study more, wanting to do things that other people were not doing because I didn't want to be like them. I wanted to be me. I wanted to be BJ. That's it. I just wanted to be the person I was called to be. Um, and that was a time period where the sport of baseball really took over. And and I wasn't really excelling as I usually had been. And so my life had began to really shatter at 16, um, which I didn't feel like I could go and speak to my father because uh, everything that I had, well, for the most part, a lot of things we had talked about as a father-son conversation had been tied to baseball. Uh, and much of that was, you know, what I was doing on the field, how I was performing. So when sports begins to suffer, you feel like you can't go to people and talk to them because all, every time you talk to them, it's about the thing that's suffering now. So you don't feel comfortable with reaching out for help to the people that's constantly uh, critiquing you on whatever you're doing. Um, so, so, so the relationship began to suffer a little bit. Uh, and I felt like in that time from 16 to 17 is when God really put his hands on me and was like, bro, you, 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 you know, we're going we gonna to ride this thing out, man, you know? Um, and so I started to, I started to really sit back and just observe certain ways that God had wanted me to move. Um, and the way that this ties into my father is, my, my father is a man of God through and through, uh, is, is, it's that's that's his DNA. That's it. That's him at his core. I remember when he was in the hospital. Uh, we had went to church one day. I was in college. I was probably twenty years old, nineteen or twenty years old. But uh, we went to church one day, and my dad started sweating, really, really profusely, like sweating through his suit. And we didn't know what was happening. But my dad, my mother, my mother was an usher by the way at the church we were attending, which is World Changers in College Park. So uh, he had wound up sweating profusely through his suit and all of a sudden he, he he called my mother over there and said he need to see the doctor now like right right now um so he goes up into this little room and um the doctor is looking at him and all of a sudden he, my dad stops sweating you know he goes back to equilibrium like everything's perfectly normal um so the doctor's like nah you need to go into the hospital right now i don't know what's going on i know you probably feel fine and you're probably telling me you don't need to go to the hospital but brother go to the hospital we just let's just make sure everything is, is checked out and it's okay so my dad listens right ambulance comes up to the church he gets into the back of the, the um 
into the back of the ambulance. I follow him to, uh, I believe he went to Grady Eagle. It was, it was Piedmont. That's what it was. I'm trying to think whether it was Grady or Piedmont, but I, my dad was born in Grady, uh, but we were in Piedmont. But, you know, we're, we're in Piedmont, and the doctors tell him that even though my dad is feeling perfectly fine now, the doctors say that he has a blockage in his heart. What that means is, is if we wouldn't have got to the, if we wouldn't have got to the hospital and got to the root of the problem, my dad could very well may not be living on this earth today because there was a blockage that was preventing his blood to pump through his heart. Um, so that was that was that was shocking and and and, and unreal, um, for lack of a better term, because. I'm I still my dad, you know what I'm saying? But getting back to him being a man of a man of God, I remember with him being in the hospital, he didn't want any food, he didn't want no music, he didn't want only thing he wanted was his Bible. That's literally it. He was reading his Bible every single day he was in the hospital and uh getting that word flowing through him, uh, allowing God to come into the hospital room and sit next to his bed uh and counsel with him. You know, so th- those are things that I picked up from my dad. I'm, me today, BJ at 24 years old, 24 year old man is a is a is a, a persistent and um, and prestigious man of God because of my dad. That's this. That's that's it. I saw everything that my dad was going through uh, with God along his walk with God and trying to figure out how to be a father uh, and, and and how to transition from coming from. A, a, a low a low income impoverished neighborhood by the name of Kirkwood and transitioning to a businessman and trying to make decisions and a father and a, a, a wonderful husband and trying to uh, fight crime and, and uphold the law so a lot of things that 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 we see as young men we learn from our fathers we learn from our fathers. And if we don't have a father, we have a father figure. Whether that's a coach or that's uh, a teacher or that's your pastor. You got a, a mentor. You got, you know, uh, whatever, whatever a role model, whatever, whatever father figure that you have in your life is guiding you through those lessons that you need as a man. How do you take care of a family? How do you, and these are the things that my father told me, told me, but then showed me how to take care of a family, how to treat your wife, how to treat women. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Yes, sir. No, sir. Hold the door for the woman. I don't care if she's going into the restaurant or she's getting in the car. It's certain things that my dad taught me that I would never forget um, and that I can't wait to teach my son. I always tell people this. I had the number one father that anybody could have. And I have the number one father right now that anybody could have. You know, the flexibility that the man has to to put my to put his foot on my neck, grab me by my collar when I'm messing up, and say, "Hey, man, straighten up, man. I ain't I ain't I ain't, I ain't one of your little friends. I ain't playing with you, man. Straighten up, man." It's that it's that firmness that that that, that the father provides for the son, but also have the the the. The, the hystericalness and the wittiness to joke around, you know, when 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 it calls for that. So I'm nowhere right now without my dad. I, I'm I'm nowhere. There's no way in the world I would be as inquisitive, as as uh, 
you know, just as as determined, as disciplined, as whatever whatever you want to call it. There's no way I am that right now without my dad. I had the number one role model that anyone could have. The number one role model that anyone could have. So he named me after him. Brian Keith Armstead Jr. And it's an honor to carry such a name of a man who is a legend, figuratively and literally. Guys growing up, if you have parents that grew up in the, in the city of Atlanta, uh, between, I would say, the 70s and the 80s, a lot of people know my father for how he carried himself in the city of Atlanta, the athlete that he was, the way he was able to make decisions, the caring heart that he had, the way he didn't take any jump from no one, the way he led with his mind and not his body. I got cats coming up to me now that I don't even know talking about, you look like somebody I know. Then they say, ain't you Armstead's son? I don't even know these cats. But I asked them, sir, where are you from? I'm from the city of Atlanta. I said, okay, well, where did you go to high school? Well, you know, I'm from Kirkwood. I went, I went, I went to Murphy. They're like, oh, okay, I get it now. You understood who I was based off the merit that my father that my father wore, the respect and the honor that he had from certain people. And it's an honor to grow and to learn under someone of that magnitude. So... Again, tomorrow's Father's Day. Yesterday was Juneteenth. Such an honor to have a black father. If we combine in both of those days, both of these holidays, it's an honor to have a black father. Someone to teach you how to be a black man in America. Someone to teach you that you have to lead with your head and not the body. Because essentially, the father is the head of the family. You understand what I'm saying? Someone to teach you to how to not allow your emotions to overpower your intelligence. You never allow your, your emotions to control you. Don't ever make a decision based off of how you feel at that moment. You always think first. You don't have to be physically better than anyone. But always keep your mind. Keep your mind. Keep your intellect. Be able to think in certain situations. These are things that my father taught me that I'm going to one day teach my son and my daughter. Whatever God bless me with, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. Because I know my foundation is strong, but that foundation was my father. So, I just wanted to give a special, special, special shout out to the man that raised me. Um... Man of respect, man. Man of dignity. Man of, of, of perseverance. Man of discipline. You know, and that man is my father. Um, so, you know, if, you, if, if your father's still in your life, um, or if he's not in your life, still give him a call. Let him know you're thinking about him. Um, try to spend some time with him tomorrow. Get him a card. Take him out to eat. Um, I was going to say put the game on, but I don't think that's possible right now with no sports on right now. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, it's such an honor to have your father still here, still living, you know, man, uh, just just the, the, the structure that a man provides in situations, how a man is supposed to provide 
protect and be a priest to the family, how a man is supposed to guide his family, guard his family, and govern his family. All right? Um, so I appreciate you guys for tuning in this week, man. Um, as always, have a great week. Peace.